Well, obviously, we should start today's episode of News Dump with all the Disney Plus news, and, and believe me, we will get to that. But instead, let's have a bit of fun and start with one of the more insane stories from the world of entertainment this week. Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage in Nicolas Cage, the movie. It's a lot of Cage. And if that sounds ridiculous, well, it's because it definitely is. But so is his career, which has been filled with a, an even dose of incredible roles as well as complete and utter garbage. Mm. He's a man of many faces. Yeah. And many... <laughs> Face Off was a, was a great movie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, there was a point in his career where he would take almost any role because he had blown through his entire fortune and owed the government just a ton of money in back taxes. So we can't really blame him for that period. Yeah. Uh, still, the duds aside, the dude has had a damn good career, all things considered, and he came back into the good graces of critics last year when he played the lead in one of that year's best horror thrillers, Mandy. Now, the man who once stole the Declaration of Independence is taking on the greatest challenge of all, playing himself in a movie about himself, yeah. named after himself. I mean, the title is... It's even better than Nick Cage the movie. It's, it's really something. The film will be called, and this is not a joke, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Already off yeah. to a good start. Uh, and not only will Nicolas Cage be playing Nicolas Cage in this Nicolas Cage movie, Nicolas Cage will also be playing a younger version of Nicolas Cage as well. That's not necessarily. I mean, like, he's, he's ageless. Yeah. Look Plus, at it, Raising Arizona. Look at uh, Mandy. Same guy. Same guy. <laughs> ageless. <laughs> well, you know, the technology has evolved. Maybe they will make him look like younger Nicolas Cage. No need. I, I guess you're right. Now, okay, listen. We really don't have to add too much to this whole thing. Let's just let the description of the film from The Hollywood Reporter paint you a beautiful picture of just how amazing this cinematic experience will prove to be. If this doesn't excite you, nothing will. Cage, if deals closed, would star as actor Nicolas Cage. The character is desperate to get a role in a new Tarantino movie while also dealing with a strained relationship with his teenage daughter. He also occasionally talks to an egotistical 1990s version of himself who rides him for making too many crappy movies and for not being a star anymore. The Cage character is also under a mountain of debt and finds himself forced to make an appearance at the birthday party of a Mexican billionaire who happens to be a fan of Cage's work and secretly hopes to show him a script on which he'd been working. While he bonds with the man, Cage is informed by the CIA that the billionaire is actually a drug cartel kingpin who has kidnapped the daughter of a Mexican presidential nominee and is recruited by the U.S. government to get intelligence. The situation spirals even more dramatically when the Mexican brings over Cage's daughter and his ex-wife for reconciliation, and when their lives are on the line, Cage takes on the role of a lifetime. Fucking sold. Isn't sold. this like the same thing that Jean-Claude Van Damme did with his movie JCVD? Was that a series or a movie? I thought it was a series, but... Uh, it's, there, it's... He had a show more recently, but he, he made a movie like 10 years ago where it's like... I never saw it, but I think it's like he plays himself stopping like a bank robbery yeah, yeah, in yeah, progress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and also the the last line of that, the uh, when the family's lives are on the line, Cage takes on the role of a lifetime. A bit, a, bit, a bit close to a Serbian film. Too close to a Serbian film's plot for my uh, comfort, but... Well, uh, hopefully it'll be a, more, a little more R-rated. Uh, yeah, uh, anyways, sold. Count us in. Hopefully Nicolas Cage actually lands the role, though, because you know, in their reporting, it clearly states that he hasn't closed the deal yet. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I can't imagine who would... Uh, who would play Nicolas Cage better than Nicolas Cage. John Malkovich. He's down for these sorts of movies. Perfect. And they were in a movie together. Uh, the Rock, right? He was in that? Mm, I think he was in The Rock. No, he was in Con Air. Oh, Con Air, yes. He was okay. Cyrus the Virus. Still. They, they were still in a movie together. Ed Harris was uh, The Rock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, with that out of the way, guess what? We finally made it. It is November. 
and we are at the release of Disney Plus. It came out this week. Can Put you on all it? your mouse hats. Yeah. M I C K E Y Disney fucking Plus. So was it all that it was cracked up to be? Are people happy with it? How successful is it so far? Well, aside from a few noticeable yet brief outages on launch day, it seems as though everything's been going pretty smooth for the new streaming platform. And since it would be hard to imagine a larger day of consolidated traffic for Disney Plus than the day that it launches, it's probably safe to say that there won't be any major issues moving forward no matter what debuts on the service. So that's Good. The worst is behind us. Yeah, it's not like a video game where it's, hey, it's launch day. Well, you'll probably get to play it around next week or so because everybody's trying to play it. I mean, they did, like, because wasn't it supposed to, like, launch in the evening? I think, didn't it did it, launch it in the evening. It got delayed by, like, 12 hours. It was a, a weird release uh, schedule. Yeah. Anyways, numbers-wise, they've reported that within the first 24 hours of launch, the service had already received 10 million signups. Of course, that includes all the Verizon customers who were able to snag an entire year of the service for free and everyone who signed up for the free trial and probably a lot of people sharing passwords. Yeah. But it's a great sign for the company considering that it beat analyst predictions by around $2 million. Yeah, it's good. There's a long road ahead for Disney, however, when you compare it to Netflix, which currently has around 150 million paid subscribers. They're not going to have too much trouble growing, though, and it uh, seems like so far it's been a decent addition to the streaming service war. Yeah. Content-wise, uh, you already knew what you were getting. Almost everything from the Disney Vault. Some Fox, Almost. <laughs> some Fox programming, National Geographic, and so on. Uh, the real hit out of the gate, though, was uh, the exclusive Star Wars series. Say it. The Mandalorian. There you go. Now, I, I've only watched the first episode so far. Did you watch it yet? Nope. All right, well. There's been two, right? There, yeah, one aired today. I didn't even know the release schedule, and I was like, oh, They're well. shaking things up. They're just, you know, Netflix puts them all out at once. Uh, the other HBO and Hulu, they, a complete do, it, mystery. they do it on a week-by-week <laughs> basis. Yeah. You know, here at Disney, we don't even tell you. We just throw it out there whenever we feel like yeah. it. It's a staggered schedule based uh, on our whims. <laughs> so I watched the first episode. Very strong start. Uh, I wasn't even that interested in it. I mean, we talk about it a bunch, but like, was I really going to sit down and watch it? I had uh, some free time. I was sick this week, so I was like, yeah, fine. I liked it. I thought it was great. Nick Nolte and yeah. Werner Herzog and Taika Waititi all make guest appearances. There was, I, like... It looked very cool. There was almost no chance this was going to be bad, especially for, like, the first ever Star Wars live-action series. Like, yeah. they would not be releasing this if it wasn't, you know, guaranteed to <laughs> yeah. please the fans. The fans who have been known to be a bit temperamental. No, no, no. The fans love everything. They love it all. Yeah. yeah. They love it. Yes, they love it. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm excited to watch the second episode now that it's out all of a sudden. I had no idea. I didn't even look up a release schedule before this. Uh, but anyways, uh, another standout show that's available there uh, that I liked was The Imagineering Story. It's a, basically a docuseries about the Disney theme parks. But I'm a sucker for this specific type of documentary. I've been hooked on Defunct Land for a while, which that's is a, a great, great channel. Great channel. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, there's... A lot of struggles in this as well, but it's not all just this is failures. The, this is the official story. Yeah. So. Uh, so getting to appear behind the scenes uh, of theme parks, it's, it's something that I'm very interested in. I was surprised that it was on there. I didn't. There was another thing that I was like, oh, this is, okay, this is cool. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, and that one's they, being released staggered as well. I don't know if they like even made a big announcement about that one because mm-hmm. I had never heard of it until saw people tweeting about it yeah. after the launch. Well, I liked it. Uh, your mileage uh, may vary. Uh, there are some issues with the content provided, though. Most notably, the fact that Disney is forcing the stretched-out fake HD version of the entire Simpsons catalog, which already caught criticism a few years back when FX 
took hold of the Simpsons catalog and premiered it in this bullshit aspect ratio. A lot of older episodes that were created well before widescreen TVs were even a thing, uh, they feature visual gags that have been literally cut out of the screen when the show is formatted to fit modern TV. Boom, gone. Uh, Disney also completely withheld the episode of The Simpsons, which featured Michael Jackson as a special guest uh, who befriends Homer at a mental institution. Yeah. I mean, the, look, they're publishing all these old movies with this disclaimer being like, yeah, look. We get, we get to that too, yeah. So, I mean, why not, why not do that with Michael Jackson? Yeah, sure. Uh, but also, um, yeah, like when they're not cutting off the tops, they're stretching them and it's like super obvious. Like, Yeah, it's a little bit it's weird. It's dumb. Give me uh, the real version. Yeah, the, or give an option to do either one. Yeah, Whatever. come on. Uh, one thing that they, they changed as well uh, within their whole entire catalog is uh, they changed the Greedo scene once again. Was it McClunky? Or... McClunky? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, God. The best part of this was there was also uh, the clip recirculating of uh, Frosty from uh, Collider when he interviews uh, Harrison Ford where he's just like, all right, let's get the definitive answer here. Who shot first? And Harrison Ford's just like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Love Harrison Ford. There was also stories going around like about at fan conventions. People would ask him uh, to do quotes, and he's like, "I don't give a fuck." He's like, "Son, I forgot the quote as soon as it came out he, of my mouth." Harrison Ford, like, no joke. He is high as fuck, twenty four seven. That's why he crashes all those planes. I mean, <laughs> you, I, I, it might be a connection there, but yeah. the man, he's been basically in like semi retirement for like fifteen years. He apparently is just baked constantly. Cool. Which sounds like a great life. Like, very few responsibilities. Shows up, does like half of a Star War and gets paid like several lifetimes worth of money. And shits on his biggest fans and they love it. Yeah. So, yeah, the dream. The dream. Yeah. Yeah. Now, luckily, outside of the obvious choice to not include Song of the South, Disney Plus hasn't altered any of their old movies, which sometimes featured racial stereotypes and are presented in their original form. Except for the McClunky thing. Which, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Just erase all the various slurs in the old (laughs) Disney movie. It's it's more subtle than that. Uh, They have added a warning, though, to those movies in their descriptions, which simply reads, This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. Which many people have seen as far too simple of an explanation, especially compared to the wording that was used by Warner Brothers that would play before certain episodes on the Looney Tunes DVDs years ago. That one reads as follows. The cartoons you're about to see are products of their time. They may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in American society. These depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. While these cartoons do not represent today's society, they are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. Yeah. A bit more of an explanation there. Uh, it's a solid, like, yeah. it's a solid nuanced, you know. Take on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just being like, by the way, there's some racist shit in here. To ignore that. Yeah. You know the parts. <laughs> we can tell that you're fast-forwarding directly to those parts. Yeah. I want to see the crows. Crows and Dumbo. My favorite part. Uh, the bet. I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, anyways. It's a great song. <laughs> all things considered, uh, it, it was a pretty good week for Disney. But like we said, outside of their large list of movies and The Mandalorian, which will end its first season in late December, there's not really going to be anything new or exciting on the platform for at least half a year. So we really don't think it would be very surprising to see their subscriber numbers rise and fall as a result based on what's airing when. Uh, I don't think so. If you got kids, yes. Put them in front of the Disney machine. 
and they, they will shut up and they will watch those races crows. But for anyone else that isn't a hardcore Disney fan or who doesn't need to watch all of the Marvel or Star Wars movies multiple times a month, this streaming service, it seems like it'll be one of the ones that it's easy to ditch and pitch back or pick back up. I think you underestimate how many uh, like absolute adult children exist out there. Like the Disney annual pass people that are just like, yeah, I mean, modern, modern society and life is terrible. I'm going to yeah. re- retreat into my cocoon of like Disney movies that I watched as a child and never leave. Like, I pay twelve hundred a year for the Disney pass yeah. and uh, seven bucks a month, and I am a pure escapist. Yeah. As soon as I leave work, uh, there's a lot of people like that out there. Mm-hmm. And I, they all I'm have, not judging. They all have the Disney sticker with the Blue Lives Matter stripe on, <laughs> and they have the Family of Guns sticker as well. We've gone over yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, Over on the other side of the streaming wars, though, almost immediately after Disney Plus launched, Netflix made a huge announcement regarding a partnership that seems to be a direct response to Disney's service potentially taking subscribers with kids away from their platform. It was announced this week that Netflix struck a multi-year deal with Nickelodeon to produce original animated feature films and series based on the various Nickelodeon properties. This year already saw the release of Rocco's Modern Life, Static Kling, and Invader Zim, Enter the Florpus. So they know that this formula works, but this new deal will be more than just a licensing agreement between the two networks because they'll be working together on future projects for the platform. Most notably, a SpongeBob SquarePants spinoff, which will reportedly be a music-driven project based on the character Squidward. That joyful squid that everyone loves. He's, uh, as know. long as handsome Squidward shows up, I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Partnering with a streaming service instead of just launching their own is, at this point, a unique move for a media conglomerate as big as Viacom, considering everyone else is doing it. But, uh, in my opinion, safer bet. Way safer bet. I mean, kind of. They don't have to build out an entire new platform and bankroll a ton of new exclusive series and movies in the hopes that people will fork over even more money for yet another service. They can just work hand-in-hand with an already huge streaming service and reduce a ton of that risk. Viacom in general seems to want to go this route uh, overall with all of their different libraries of content considering they just bought out the free streaming platform Pluto TV earlier this year and they've just used that to launch specific channels based on stuff they've already produced. Plus they got a very, very, very hefty sack of cash from Warner Brothers recently because they bought out the rights to South Park for streaming for half a billion dollars. So it's an interesting way to go about it and I, I... think they'll do just fine. They also, I don't think, have much of a film library. And uh, like, Viacom is uh, Paramount. Yeah, but like Paramount's, I mean... They got the Transformers. Everybody they, loves Transformers. Their library is smaller than the other companies. Mm-hmm. And like, if you look at their TV properties, it'd be like, it would be a streaming service featuring Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, and MTV, and then just an absolute shitload of like reality TV from the early 2000s. There's a market. Surreal life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love New York. Uh, 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 what's the guy with the clock? Flavor of yeah, Love. Yeah, Flavor Flav show. The, yeah, it was all going great for VH1 until like uh, one of their cast members like did a murder-suicide thing, and Oof. then that sort of pumped the brakes on the whole thing. Well, can't do a streaming service with that on your back. No, you can't. Anyway, moving on. Here is your weekly Matt Reeves Batman movie update. They have filled yet another vital role in the film, and at this point, we're pretty convinced they're just rolling these announcements out on a weekly basis instead of all at once so they can stay in the headlines. 
Because why not? And it's definitely working. Yeah. This week's casting news confirms that the production has found its Alfred. It was announced via a tweet, as is tradition with this movie, that Alfred Pennyworth will be played by Andy Serkis. And just like all the other cast announcements, this one is actually another perfectly fine choice. Yeah. What is he? Is he going to be a monkey? How's that work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, uh, what's the guy that played him in the Dark Knight series? Uh, Michael, uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, it's going to be a it's, motion yeah. capture Andy <laughs> Serkis Caine. playing Michael Caine, even though Michael Caine's perfectly alive and well. Andy Serkis as James Dean in Batman yeah. as Alfred. So No, I think he's actually playing he's himself. Playing. A motion captured version of himself. It's all very unnecessary. It, he'll be, it'll be fine. He, he played, not himself, but he was in, uh, what was it? Uh, Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. And then he played a panther in his... Uh, <laughs> Lion, or not his, Lion King, Jungle Book. Jungle Book movie. Which everyone saw. Yeah. And wasn't overshadowed by the Disney version. I forgot that even came out. Yeah. Anyways, we now look forward to next week's casting announcement. Who knows? They're going to just... Every fucking Batman character in existence is going to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. Good. We will let you know who that is and what they're playing when it inevitably gets tweeted. Yes. Uh, now we should probably at least mention the newly re redesigned Sonic the Hedgehog so that people can discuss it in the comments below. Uh, the the joke that has already been played out online this week is that, hey, look, bullying works. The whole internet shamed the producers of the Sonic movie so relentlessly that they went back to the drawing board to redesign the character, and the debut of the new look in the recent trailer actually resulted in a hugely positive reaction online because, well, it actually looks like Sonic now. And in addition to that, the new trailer made the film look a hell of a lot more fun than what was first shown, even with... Sonic looking weird as hell in the first one. Well, that was the thing. The first trailer was weird. Like, it was it poorly it edited. Yeah. It wasn't This great. one looks like a real trailer. So, there you go. The film has a lot more potential than it did previously, and uh, even though it's the same movie with a different character design, people actually seem generally excited for it. So, you did it. You did it, guys. You, you can pat yourselves on the back for this one. You forced an animation studio to go into crunch mode for, like, six months, and just, on a movie they thought they were finished on. I hope you it, did it. It better have a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes or it'll be all for nothing. That's the thing. I don't think it's going to be good. I think this is all for nothing. <laughs> the new trailer makes it look more fun. I'll say that. It's not... It, Do I'm kids not like gonna Sonic see the Hedgehog I still? don't know if they know about Sonic. I mean, they, they still release a lot of Sonic games. But yeah, I, but... Is, it, does it have the same cultural... I, I don't know. Uh, it would be... It would be really something if they put Sonic in Fortnite for the release of this movie. You know, they might. Yeah. Anyway, over in video game news for gamers... Yeah. Xbox just held its annual fan festival, XO. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses this past week, and there were a few notable things that were shown off. So let's just run through their announcements really quick and bring you up to speed. Most important on this list, at least to us, is the news that Microsoft has officially announced the launch date for Halo on the PC. Wow, it finally made it. The Master Chef Collection, sorry, <laughs> Master Chief Collection, which will <laughs> It's raw! Send it back! <laughs> you fucking donkey. That'd be great. Just replace all of Master Chief's audio with... Uh, Someone has to have done that already. It, they probably, that probably with a little, little like, effect on it to sound like it's in a helmet? I'm... I would bet money that Machinima did that at some point. Probably, but you don't know. It's all gone <laughs> It's now. all gone. It's classified, as you say. Anyway, the Master Chief Collection now also includes Halo Reach, and it will launch on December 3rd. You're also going to be able to purchase Halo Reach on its own for $10 when it drops, if you're like that. Yeah. Or pay $40 for the whole package. Yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. I like... It's been so long since I've played a Halo. Yeah. I might just... I might just have to dip my toes back in. Yeah. Uh, Xbox Game Studios has partnered with the creators of Life is Strange to bring an episodic game called 
Tell Me Why to Xbox and PC sometime next summer. Rare announced a new game called Everwild, and uh, they also announced a new update to Sea of Thieves called The Seabound Soul. That's going to be released next week, November 20th. Uh, on the Game Pass side of things, Xbox is bringing the lion's share of Final Fantasy over to its subscription service over the course of this next year coming up. And it's also adding games like My Friend Pedro, which is fantastic, and The Witcher 3, which Elliot thinks is fantastic. I haven't played it. Yeah, top 10 all-time video games, for sure. Uh, so that's coming to Xbox Game Pass sometime in the near future as well. Uh, there was also a new trailer for Microsoft Flight Simulator, which looks really damn impressive and should provide countless hours worth of very soothing, very relaxing flight experience or moments of sheer terror because I'm sure that a bunch of people out there will just kamikaze the fuck out of planes immediately upon playing. So, Microsoft Flight Simulator got real dark after 9-11. Can't play it that they way. They literally anymore. trained on it, so, yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, they also, uh, they briefly uh, revealed uh, Age of Empires 4. Oh, yeah. Which, I, I played Age of Empires 2 and 3 a lot as a kid. This new one... Looks great. I'm not really into RTS games anymore because my reflexes are shit, but yeah. it looks fun. Uh, they released uh, Age of Empires 2 or 3 on Game Pass as well. So you can get yeah, that as well. and they're not as good as you remember. Like most of <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. As far as trailers go, it's all animated this week. We linked the new Sonic trailer down below as well as the trailer for a new Scooby-Doo movie and a trailer for a new SpongeBob SquarePants movie, Sponge on the Run, which is apparently starring Keanu Reeves. He's in everything now. He's the new... Nicolas Cage, except he's in good movies currently. Yeah, he's on his good cycle. Well, it's, he's, it's one of those people that, like, much like Nicolas Cage, on Reddit, Keanu Reeves is, like, yeah. the god, the one true god. But Nicolas Cage never had a, a holy shit, I need money period of his career. And no, if, no, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, right. Keanu Reeves never, he never went broke and had to start a bunch of shit. And if, if, if Keanu ever went broke, it would only be because he was too generous. Yeah. Because man is known to give uh, lavish gifts. Yes. To all sorts of people. Yeah. Keanu Reeves would never sell Superman number one. Action no. Comics number one. Keanu Reeves would never trust Bernie Madoff with all his money. Keanu Reeves would never buy his own grave in advance in New Orleans, and it's shaped like a pyramid. <laughs> I can't believe that. Nicolas Cage is uh, I love him, but he's a, he's kind of a weird guy. And he his, is. his son's a goth. I don't know if he still is anymore. It's been years since that his old His son, Kal-El? Yeah. Yeah, he named his son after Superman. Cool. Uh, that's it for News Dump this week. Be sure to check out our other episodes over here. We have a brand new episode where we uh, talked about Twitter going to shit because of clickbait. Uh, definitely worth a watch. And then also a brand new episode of Tech News Day. Check both of those out. Uh, also, uh, head over to the Patreon if you're a uh, member of the Patreon. Check out our exclusive podcast there. And we'll see you very soon for a new episode of Weekly Weird News. Thank you for your service. <laughs>